Hello, this is Donna Reish of Character Inc. with another episode of Wondering Wednesday, a podcast dedicated to answering questions about homeschooling, parenting, language arts, teaching, marriage, and more. If you have happened upon this, I hope that you are wondering how you know when to give chances and when to take action. I am titling this, or subtitling this, the same as a blog post that will be coming out in the next few days, so you can have this recording as well as the written blog post that has some cute pictures of us playing volleyball at the Y and so on and so forth, when to give our kids a mulligan. Um, Oftentimes when we are out speaking and doing uh, homeschool workshops or our parenting seminar, Raising Kids with Character, we talk about discipline, we talk about correcting children, um, we talk about the difference between childishness and foolishness and how to know how to discipline and correct different behaviors in different ways. And we often hear people say, well, I don't really do that because I'm, I follow grace-based parenting. Or I don't really do that because I give my kids grace. Or I don't really do that because I don't believe in correcting all the time. I believe in in extending grace to my children, giving them chances and helping them learn through that. And I've often, I've read bits and pieces about grace-based parenting. I read, you know, a little bit about a lot of things that come out um, since we do these parenting seminars and so forth. And there are some things that I found out about grace-based parenting that um, kind of surprised me based on what people told me has have told me either through writing to us or at seminars. <clears throat> that is that grace-based parenting has nothing to do with not correcting children. Um, when people say this, it often sounds like, well, I don't correct, I don't discipline or whatever because I'm following grace-based parenting. And that hasn't been the case in my research. Grace-based parenting, um, as it is known right now today, the buzzword, the book, the um, blogs, and the websites, and so forth, grace-based parenting is a very good thing. Grace-based parenting is parenting like God. Grace-based parenting is definitely a lot of what we teach in Raising Kids with Character. Um, The way I understand it, this parenting allows kids four freedoms. One, freedom to be different. Two, freedom to be vulnerable. Three, freedom to be open. And four, freedom to make mistakes. Um, It's important to note, though, that giving kids grace doesn't mean that there are not consequences for a child's action or that we do not correct our kids. It means that our relationship is never at risk due to their behavior. It means that our love never changes based on the freedoms that we give them. We give them the freedom to be different. We give them the freedom to be vulnerable, to tell us how they are feeling, to tell us that they disagree with something um, that we might hold dear even. Um, The freedom to be vulnerable, to open up to us. Uh, The freedom to be open in our family. The freedom to make mistakes. But our love never changes based on those freedoms. So from what I observe, the problem that... Um, I thought was a problem, isn't with grace-based parenting at all, but the problem is actually with people's interpretation of it, which I think is really sad because that seems to be the case so often. Anything that's good 
you know, people will take and they'll adopt it for themselves. And then they take it to an extreme that it wasn't meant to go to. And then it actually gives that movement or that uh, um, theme or that approach a bad name. And I feel like that is what has happened a lot with, you know, grace-based parenting. Um, because I've heard a lot of good about it, don't get me wrong, but in the situations where I haven't heard good, it is because people have misunderstood it, uh, thinking that it means anything goes, or that it means hands-off parenting, um, or they have misused it. You know, uh, the Bible talks about, you know, how we misuse God's grace towards us, and we can also mishandle the grace that we need to give our kids. And I think that's what happens when people say or use, I'm using grace-based parenting as an excuse for not parenting or for not correcting, for not training, and those type of things. The bottom line in grace-based parenting, actually, and also in our seminar, Raising Kids with Character, is that we treat our children the same way that God treats us. And, you know, that's that's cute and it's, and it's trite in some ways. Um, it's catchy, but it's very, very difficult. And um, I, I just, it's so hard to know, you know, do I let something slide? Do I correct something? Do I just talk to the child? Do I discipline? Do I give consequences? You know, what do I do in various situations? And so that's the question uh primarily that I want to answer in this podcast episode that is often brought up to us. And that is, how do I know um, when to give my children a chance or, a, a, you know, a mulligan, so to speak? So that's where, that's the, the angle that I'm going to be coming at in this uh, podcast episode, because I had a really enlightening moment um, during a volleyball game. Uh, with our family. So our family and my sister's family were at a local YMCA playing this game called volleyball. It rhymes with volleyball and it's um, spelled like the wall though, like you hit something on the wall. And it's similar to volleyball and its rules um, with the addition of the walls because it's played in a racquetball court. And so obviously that changes the rules, rules some for sure. Um, the court is smaller than a regular court So the game is actually a little bit easier for those who are not as strong, but it's not as easy for people who are overly strong or overly zealous, um, because if you hit the back wall, it's out of bounds. And so the combination of the walls, the rules, the size of the court, the various strengths of the players, that night in our uh, volleyball game made me think of the concept of the mulligan. A mulligan, um, as it is defined is an informal golf term uh, that gives an extra stroke after a poor shot that is not counted against the golfer. Now, um, I have, we, we use that term a lot in our family. It's a common term for us because um, one of my husband's great delights has been to um, make games multi-level. And so through the years, we've had family, when we have families over and we're playing kickball or some other um, game that he often makes up or now that our children make up because they've kind of followed in his footsteps of creating games. And um, we'll have another family over or maybe we'll have um, 
relatives, and so we have multiple ages in both in any scenario that you get families together, you can have multiple ages. And so in an effort through the years for the younger kids be to be able to play with the older kids and the adults um, in like say kickball for example and still enjoy it and not get hurt and um, have a little success my husband always um, alters a game and so you know give more outs to a little one or you know pitch closer and some of these things are, are common but he always seems to come up with some really great ideas for um, making things multi-level and including uh, small children um, because we have seven children and so there are always multiple, multiple, multiple ages. And he does the same thing with board games and, and you know, how many outs you get and uh, how many rolls you get and, and so on. And um, I really appreciate him for that. It's just um, a way to be sensitive, you know, to younger kids. And so um, because of that, though, we've always used the term mulligan when somebody needed another chance when a little one was kick, kicking, you know, and he already had three strikes, you know, a kickball, we would say, you know, mulligan. And so it was a, it's a common term that our family has used. So that night when we played volleyball, it wasn't uncommon to hear a person say um, mulligan whenever somebody missed their serve. And uh, that what they were saying was, you know, give this person another chance and let the person reserve. And uh, so when we were playing this game and people were shouting out these mulligans, it made me really think of mulligans in life or mulligans for our children, do-overs, second chances, um, you know, when we're going to overlook something versus when we're going to take action in a situation. Um, in our case, we had two families playing of various ages. Uh, they basically uh, ran from age 12 up to um, up through adults, and uh, we kind of have an unwritten policy that children under 12 don't usually play volleyball. And so when we have two families together with younger children, we don't play volleyball because if you let the, the four-year-old, five-year-old, eight-year-old play volleyball, the people, the adults and older children don't have any fun playing but if you don't let them play, then they don't have any fun. So, you know, we've volleyball isn't very alterable, so to speak. And so we usually play something else with younger kids. And then volleyball is a game for older kids um, and adults. So anyway, what, age 12 up through adults. So let me just give you our volleyball rundown um, as far as the mulligans are concerned. Because I think that you'll see how this is so applicable to parenting. And I hope that it sheds some light uh, to you and when to, when to give chances, when to give mulligans to your children. The first mulligan was given to my 12-year-old niece. Um, she's not a ball type of athlete. She's a dancer, cheerleader, gymnast. She's pretty tiny, and she was a good sport the whole night. I'm sure that volleyball would not have been her first choice of something to do. She probably would have rather been swimming um, at, in the Y, Um or playing in the game room even, you know, I mean, there are other things to do, but she was a good sport, and, um, but because of her size and her lack of strength, uh, she had her, had trouble getting her serves over sometimes, so everybody agreed that Brittany should get some mulligans when her serve fell short. My sister, who was a grown adult, the mother of, of my niece, um, had just had surgery 10 weeks before our Y night for a frozen shoulder, 
And she was able to play, but she didn't have the range of motion that a serve often requires. Um, so we moved her closer to the net, and we gave her some mulligans. Next came our daughter, um, who's 24, and she is an athlete. Um, she runs all the time, um, you know, works out. Um, she's very fit, but in spite of that, she has never really caught on to the game of volleyball. And... Um, as she was growing up, she always thought she was terrible at volleyball, so she would always sit on the sidelines, and we had trouble getting her to play because she said she was so bad at it, and she didn't want to mess up for her team and, and so forth. So in the last uh, couple of years, she has just been actually learning to play volleyball and actually getting in on the game. And so um, we also gave her some mulligans. Now, who didn't get mulligans? First of all, I didn't get any mulligans. I adore volleyball, and I played a little bit in high school, and I'm not very good at it. I'm not great at it by any means, but I have years of experience in playing it in high school, in playing it at picnics, family get-togethers. You know, if there's a volleyball game going on, I usually join it because I enjoy it so much. So that meant, uh, those things meant that I was not a mulligan candidate. The um, Another person who did not get a mulligan was my daughter-in-law. Um, she played high school volleyball, was MVP, um, captain of her team, played uh, for a year at college before she and my son got married. And um, so she was an expert, so to speak. So she did not get a mulligan. Um, next, our 17-year-old child, who is our youngest child, he's a great kid, you know, but he's hyper sometimes, he's funny, he's loud, then you know, turn around and be helpful and compassionate all at the same time. So he's this, this just well-rounded kid and um, lots and lots of fun. But on this particular night, as many 17-year-olds do, he kept trying to serve the ball overhanded as hard as he could in an effort to score on every serve and in an effort to, you know, uh, spike it down to his brother on the other side of the net. Um, they love each other, but you know, brothers spike balls at each other and uh, try to make the other person miss when they're on opposite teams. And so he often hit the ball too hard in doing this and he would hit the back wall or the ceiling. And both the back wall and the ceiling um, are out of bounds in the game of volleyball. And so there was no mulligan for Jacob. Um, no mulligan for anybody who is a hot dog, so to speak, or anybody who is um, hot dogging it. So, uh, and lastly, none of the men or teen boys got mulligans. Uh, they're strong, they're athletic, they're competitive, no motivation or encouragement was needed, so no mulligans for them. Nobody even suggested a mulligan for one of them. So, applying this to parenting... Um, I did tell you I would get to this. In the game of parenting, we have the chance every day, many, many chances actually, to show tough love, to extend grace, or to train through consequences. So we can either show tough love and decide that we're going to do something about a behavior. We're going to talk to the child, train, provide consequences, punish, you know, whatever uh, the behavior might warrant, or we're going to extend grace at that time. And um, so it's these are hard decisions. They're hard to, to think of. We uh, 
say, well, I just feel like if I don't bring his gym shoe, his shoes to gym class and he gets an F, he'll blame me because he got an F and he'll be mad at me. Or, um, you know, I know that we've told our daughter dozens of times not to leave her phone lying around at the gym. But now that it's stolen, I feel sorry for her. She, you know, this is how she socializes. We homeschool, so she doesn't get to be with friends that much. And I don't want to make her, you know, not be able to socialize. And, you know, those situations are not, are not unimportant. And they're not silly. Um, and they are things to consider. It's also important to consider the fact that I leave my phone lying around. How many times have we driven back to pick up my phone? in a bathroom stall in a public place on top of the toilet paper dispenser, you know, or in the seat beside me in a, in a booth at a restaurant. So I'm not making light of these situations. It's not like, you know, they're not real. They are real. And we've raised six teens and have one teen that we're in the thick of raising. So I definitely understand those. But here we are, Grace training, mercy, responsibility. Who wants to choose among those and how can you decide? So I want to walk back through our volleyball game a little bit and make applications to parenting. Starting with my niece, first of all. Remember I mentioned that she was not a ball handler and um, she was not as strong as the guys. So extending mulligans to her, who was trying her very best, um, had a good attitude, that was a good decision. And so is giving a mulligan to a child who is struggling and genuinely wants to change or alter his behavior or make things different. Most of the time, we know when a parent is in this, when a child is in this situation. We know when he needs a mulligan. We know when um, he's really trying. He really wants to make a change. He really wants to alter his behavior, but he's struggling. We know that. We know when that's happening. And the key to this is to give mulligans to a struggling child, but not to give mulligans to a struggling child forever, but gradually reduce the mulligans as the child becomes stronger and as he becomes more adept. Next, mulligan went to my sister, who was injured, as I mentioned. And, you know, honestly, she was just being a a good sport to play. I can remember talking to her about it on the phone and, and her saying, you know, by then I should be able to play, you know, go ahead and reserve the court. I think that sounds like, you know, a good family night and, and so forth. And this is similar to a child who is truly just downhearted or overwhelmed. Not in trouble because of continual bad decisions or poor character, but rather truly discouraged. When mercy is extended or a mulligan is given to a child in this situation, it can make a huge difference in how he pulls himself up by his bootstraps and gets moving in the right direction. Now, the question to the downhearted or overwhelmed child receiving mercy or mulligans in uh, situations of, of poor behavior is how long does a person with a shoulder injury need to recuperate before we should just say, you know what? No way. You need to serve. You're a big girl. You know, don't, don't pull the shoulder card on us. You know, that kind of thing. So just as the doctor told my sister that it would vary from person to person, the healing time, the recuperation time, the range of motion returning, and so forth, um, so it is with our children. And this is where heart parenting really comes into play. This is where that grace-based parenting really shines. Because we have to 
ask ourselves, should the mulligans come to an end and this injured one come back now? Should the discouragement be over? Should the, the um, you know, downheartedness be waning? And are we prolonging the healing process by not letting consequences happen or by giving too many mulligans? So someone who is hurting, downhearted, discouraged, that person needs a mulligan, but not forever. And then we go to my daughter who hadn't played volleyball all that much and who uh, was still learning, but she was pretty far along in her training. Um, she had moved back home from being gone ever since she was 18 at a drama ministry, and she hadn't really played, even tried to play for the last, you know, six years um, volleyball because they're super busy with the ministry, and um, it was only occasionally that they would do something like that. And so... Um, she was back in training for volleyball, uh, felt confident enough to get on the court, and so on and so forth. Um, but she was 24, and she is an athlete, and she is strong. So um, we didn't give her mulligans every single time like we did Brittany. We didn't move her forward every single time like we did my sister with the injury. Um, but we said, you know, she's in training. And that is how it is with a child who's in training. That a child who is in training in certain areas needs more mulligans than the child who's already been doing that task or skill or has already um, been through that stage of life or that age or whatever it might be. I, I hesitate to say age because I don't think things should be based on ages as much as they should be based on readiness and um, you couple uh, privileges with responsibility. Um, but... We have to say, okay, this child is in training, and we are going to give some mulligans, but she's nearly done with her training, and so we're not going to give them forever. Um, we talk about this in our parenting seminar, Raising Kids with Character, as well as in our uh, homeschool workshops, our homeschool workshops on character training, our homeschool workshops on diligence, um, uh, going from uh, childhood to, tween, to the tween years, um, it's a really important point for the mulligan situation. Uh, we talk about those in those workshops. But a child who is still learning his morning routine or he's still, you're developing his after-school chores, uh, this is, these are handled incrementally. So we give mulligans and we put those in place for the child who is in training. But we don't give so many mulligans that immaturity and irresponsibility remain. And the same way with Kara, we kept pulling back on the mulligans because she was getting better and better. And uh, she didn't need as many mulligans as she did prior to playing volleyball more again. So those who did not get mulligans, how does this apply to parenting? First of all, strong people who have done something over and over again do not need the motivation that comes with the mulligan usually. It's easy to tell the 22-year-old when he misses, roll the ball over here, it's our serve. No training was taking place. No motivation or encouragement was needed. That was simple. It was also easy to know that our 17-year-old hot dogger did not need a mulligan. If he's hitting the ball so hard that he's continually hitting the ceiling or the back wall, he's strong. He's trained. He's capable. He has 
he doesn't need more chances when he does something silly, like hit the back wall. He needs to learn cause and effect. If you continue to smack the ball with that force, you will serve it out and the other team will get the ball. It's not that hard in that situation to know that the hot dogger does not get a mulligan. So I know that's not always the case in parenting, but we can use these benchmarks for our mulligans. Benchmarks including the age of the child, the past experience, whether other consequences have already been in place but didn't seem to give results, the attitude of the child at the time, the frequency with which something occurs, the strength of the child, and much more. Those are the instances and those are the situations that we need to look for in order to extend grace at a time that it is needed to be extended and in order to pull back some of that grace, so to speak, and not dose it out so liberally that our child does not ever learn the morning routine or never remembers the gym shoes. And we talk about that in our parenting seminar too, and I'll just briefly mention that, that at that point that so many trips back to get the phone, so many um, allowances for missed chores during chore session, that is a situation in which extending grace over and over and over again, those are situations, extending grace over and over and over again simply prolongs the irresponsibility and prolongs the, um, the carelessness and so forth, the poor character, the poor choices. And in those instances, extending too much grace would not help the child to learn. I said earlier that we want to parent like God does. And so in order to parent like God does, we need to give grace, but also know when the child needs consequences. Also know when things are just going to happen because they're going to happen as a result of a behavior or a choice. And that is what the mulligan is all about. And I mentioned just a second ago about parenting in, in black and white. When a child continually it shows irresponsibility, then we need to take it from a gray area of training, you know, extending grace, making allowances, covering for the child, take it out of that gray area and into black and white and make concrete, exact, you know, listable uh, results or outcomes or consequences for a certain behavior. This is not easy. I, I have parented for 32 years and parenting is hard work. Parenting is so challenging, so rewarding, but it's also very, very difficult. And I hope that through the mulligans and through our volleyball game, you can see some uh, insights into exactly how we can parent in such a way that we can be grace-giving parents, but we can also be training parents. We can also be parents who take our job very seriously to raise our children to adulthood, and we can certainly, certainly be a grace-based parent, a grace-giving parent, even a grace-slathering parent.
and still train, teach through consequences, through discipline, through punishment, through uh, through natural outcomes. We can also, at the same time, give our children everything they need to become the kind of adults that God wants them to be.